Hi there, and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I am your host, Karen Thomas, and thank you so much for being here today and being a proactive parent to get the resources that you need and the natural resources to help your child recover from their symptoms of autism. And like you, I have a child who was once diagnosed with autism, and I made sure that I got out there and I did the research I needed to do. And I was told to drug my son and try behavioral therapies, and basically, good luck, we'd be managing symptoms the rest of his life. But I really didn't believe that, and I wanted to make sure that I could get my son better and my background as a craniosacral therapist and with holistic health, let me know I could do that naturally. So I began researching and it took me about a a decade, but today my son is fully recovered. And now I take those resources and I share them with you so that you can get your child to the optimum level of recovery. And our children can live happy, healthy lives. My son was once sick. He didn't feel good. He had sensory issues. He had irritability. He had uh, sleep disorders and eating disorders and all of these things are gone today and that is possible for your child. And I've created a free online workshop for you that walks you through the four stages to naturally recover from the symptoms of autism. Stage one is healing the gut. Stage two is natural heavy metal detoxification. Stage three is clearing the co-infections like mold, Lyme, and strep. And then stage four is brain support and repair. And you can get that free workshop at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash free workshop. And you can register for that now. And speaking of recovery, if you have ever been told, like I was, that your son can't or daughter cannot recover, then today's show is definitely for you. It's going to be a very, very heartwarming and inspirational story. We have Brian DeShore here with us today. And Brian was once diagnosed with autism. At 18 months old, he was was diagnosed with autism. And his mother, being a neurologist, had done everything she could for, again, about a decade to figure out what was going on. And uh, multiple uh, tests had been done and things to see what could be happening uh, in his holistic and his biological health. And he spent two years of his life in a wheelchair because he became uh, so inflamed in his pelvic region and his hips and his, his body and he became unable to walk so he had to go into a wheelchair And he, again, like your child and my child, was very sick at one point. But luckily today, Brian is recovered from his symptoms of autism. And they are due, they were due for Brian caused by Lyme and mold. And that's that stage three and those co-infections that I just mentioned. And these are a big part of why your child might not be recovering or why you might get to a certain level, but they just plateau and don't seem to get any better beyond that. And it really has to do a lot of the time with these co-infections. So uh, we're going to hear Brian's story today from him personally. And he also has a website uh, teenlimehub.com, but I will link to everything in today's show notes at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash Brian, and it's B-R-I-A-N. And so if you've ever wondered if your child can't recover from autism, then I am so happy you're here today because my son has recovered and so has Brian, and um, we're going to hear straight from Brian his own story. So Brian, welcome, and thank you so much for being here with us today. Hi, Ms. Thomas. 
Thank you for having me today as well. Can I call you Karen? Absolutely. Please do. (laughs) So, Brian, I'm sure, you know, you're so inspirational, and I I really appreciate you being out here and sharing your story with others because it gives – it gives hope and it gives inspiration and people really want to hear from somebody who has once been in your shoes. What is it like, you know, to, to be a child who once had autism and now you're 17 years old and you're looking at a promising career uh, future. You're, you're planning to go into medicine and, and, you know, so it's, it's a complete life change and, and that's really the same story for my own son. And, uh, and I know that it's so important for other parents who are who are still, you know, really working hard with their child who's not well and trying to get them better to hear stories like yours. So can you tell us what your original symptoms were? So my original symptoms really started way back in the day when I was pretty, when I was born basically. So I got my vaccination just like every other kid in New Jersey. And a week or two after my DTaP shot, I reacted with fever, rashes, upset stomach, and then slowly my language just wouldn't progress. And that's what really my mom told me. I really couldn't remember much then, young, right? And the earliest memory I had was about 1.5 years of age. That, that is pretty young, and my memory is very sharp. I'm very thankful for that. So here's like a little situation that happened. My good friend Mika, who I've known pretty much when I was born, was over at my house for a play date one time. Our mothers were together during birthing classes, and they just became best friends ever since. And our family spent a lot of time together. So she was very curious about my new roller coaster. And we were about to try it out. You know, those little plastic roller coaster things where you used to go down. So we tried that out and she went on the toy. She went down and she fell down. So I really, I really could not say, uh-oh, fall down in that sort of way because of the impediments within my brain. I basically said, uh-oh, fall down. And... <laughs> It was pretty embarrassing for me because I already knew I was saying it wrong. But I'm like, why am I saying it like that? It, I just couldn't get it out. And there were also other words I knew how to spell, but whenever I tried to say them out loud, it always came out incredibly weird or sometimes completely different. For example, pizza. And everyone knows what pizza is, right? It's a very nice food. And <laughs> instead of pizza, whenever I say I want pizza, I said I want tzatziki. And that was a pretty embarrassing moment. So based on that, I just decided to finish talking. I did not want to talk at all because I knew I would just say stuff wrong. And I became an introvert as a result and I kept myself occupied with books and videos. About two years of age, because of my introvert nature, I decided to read language and I cracked the code by myself. And to this day, I don't even understand how the heck it happened, but it just came naturally. So, The thing is, I could read English. I could read English, I could read music, I could play the piano, but the only problem is I could read the words. I could read notes, words, but I just could not link them together. I could not make a sentence, I could not have conversations, and I also had very weak muscles, flexible joints, and got easily fatigued. It was not really good for me at that time, and this was when I was about like four or five years old. So from preschool to elementary school, I really allied with technology and I also do that today as well and it was a great ally in helping me make friends because the newer gadgets that they have and I have those gadgets too we could link up together and we could play games together so that was really fun now 
at six years of age in elementary school, I was at baseball practices one time. I was a very athletic kid. I used to play soccer, basketball, baseball. I mean, I wasn't really good at basketball, but we'll, we'll save that for another time. Um, being, being at baseball practice during it, and I just started trying to take a run to the first base, and my left leg just completely gave out. It started to drag, and I fell down. So my hips started to hurt really bad, and I felt a burning sensation throughout my pelvis. And it was really bad. It was shooting, burning, everything, and I just blacked out. So my coach sent me home thinking perhaps I'd sprain my ankle or something, and I was thinking the same thing. But the next day I woke up, and it really wasn't that. I felt burning pain all throughout my lower body. It hurt a lot, and that's really all I could describe it as. So my mom is a naturopathic doctor and she did an evaluation and couldn't find a good reason for this state in my leg. However, my mom's good friend really helped me out with this thing. He's an orthopedic surgeon at Harvard. So we did travel to Boston and I was given a large battery of tests. I mean, and when I say large battery tests, I mean large. I had to take 14 tubes of blood one time and not the small ones, the really big ones of tubes all the way down to the MRIs and CAT scans and nuclear body scans. So 20 tubes of blood were drawn. I was, and the end result, I was given a wheelchair. Wow. That's That's amazing. It sounds like you by choice decided to stop talking and then you ended up, you know, years later you were, you were uh, sent to Harvard and had all these tests done. And I want to find out what happened after that. We need to take a short break here, but when we come back, we'll, we'll jump in right where we left off. You're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. Have you ever wondered why some children recover from their symptoms of autism while others never seem to get any better? After 13 years of research, Karen Thomas has recovered her own son from his symptoms of autism naturally. She now shares how she did it with you in her free webinar so that you can have the right resources and knowledge to help your child. The definition of recovery is to regain health. Karen offers this to you in four stages. Healing the gut, natural heavy metal detoxification, balancing the co-infections of autism, brain support, and repair. Register now for this free webinar to help you know what you can do to help your child to sleep better, be more calm, improve focus, and reach their fullest potential to live a happy, healthy life. Go to naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash free workshop. Empowering parents with the resources to naturally recover autism. From Hi there and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I am your host, Karen Thomas, and thank you for being here with us today. We are talking today about natural recovery. Recovery, and we have Brian Deshore with us, who is uh, now 17 years old and has recovered from the symptoms of autism due to Lyme and mold. And before the break, Brian was sharing his story about um, his uh, speech delay issues uh, or, or having trouble with connecting words properly and speaking properly. So he actually, by choice, and this could be interesting for parents listening, it was by choice that he decided he didn't feel confident with talking so that he really became more of an introvert and did a lot less talking. And and this is where I know some parents get concerned all of a sudden their child stops talking. But then, Brian, you were just talking about at age six, you had burning pain in your legs. You were taken to Harvard for multiple studies to find out what was going on. So um, can you just kind of jump back in right where you left off? All right. 
So what happened after those studies, after the wheelchair, and the span of this time was from seven to 10 years of age, mainly because of my burning, shooting pain that I spoke about before. And the pain was so intense that I could not walk. I probably did not say that before, but I just cannot walk without any pain going through my legs. And I remember this one time we were in Germany and I was having severe pain. So we tried Advil, didn't help. We tried Aleve and that did help. However, Aleve is a very strong painkiller. Some of you may know that. And that only lasted for four hours. So you kind of imagine how much that pain was. But let's keep going. So I also remember that we went to Disney World and I was in the wheelchair for most of the time because the pain, the pain kept happening. However, I did go to Disney World, so that was pretty fun. And eventually I did get out of it. It took a lot of medications, a lot of treatment, and a lot of stuff. It was not fun. But I made the most of that time in there. Now, it's important that my mom was going through severe Lyme and 19 infections herself, and she was, and my dad as well. So whenever I got out of bed, there was a lot of screaming pain, and they both had to carry me out. Now, what really got me better is that there are a lot of medications, as I said before, and other treatments. So the main goal was to just get rid of the Lyme disease. The Lyme disease is what was really causing all of these problems, but there were also other co-infections. The main problem causing the pain was the Bartonella because it was eating through my, pel my pelvic bone marrow and restricting most of my joints. So there are some more parasites, mycoplasma, babesia, et cetera, et cetera. And the total came out to be 11 co-infections and they were going all throughout the organs, my brain, my lungs, my bone marrow, my gut. And by the time we found these, these infections it was so life threatening for me. So at first for six months, I was on the, really powerful antibiotics such as rifampin, mepron, and minocycline, as well as augmentin. And I remember with the augmentin that when I took it, my teeth went, my gums went black, and I was not sure what was going on, so I was worried, like, did I get gum disease or something? And yes, I, in second grade, I knew what gum disease was. So I was wondering, and then mom's like, oh, it's the augmentin. I'm like, oh, okay, that, that's very weird. So afterwards, we saw Dr. Stephen Buner and Dr. Julie McIntyre, who put me on an herbal protocol, as well as Dr. Klinghart, who helped me with this holistic product. The combination over the period of three to five years eventually put my Lyme disease into remission. And then I also had the moles I needed to tackle. So Dr. Shoemaker's and Dr. McMahon's and my mom's protocols really helped me out there. So with the mold, that's, this is like a whole other avenue here because we got, rid, we got the Lyme out of there, but we still needed to get rid of the rest of the stuff, and this was mold. So at first, the mold was extremely high and required an intense treatment of taking well coal three times a day, and then it eventually transitioned to a very stinging BEG spray. I mean, it felt very weird when I put it in my nose. It was just stinging, and I had to keep it in there for 10 minutes. <laughs> and it really did not feel well. But eventually, those it got stronger, and I had to change to a new spray because the mold and the Marcons within got resistant to the BEG spray, which has gentamicin in it, which is like an extremely strong antibiotic. So now I have to use the BEV spray, which is vancomycin, which is even stronger than gentamicin. However, this one did contain unintended side effects, such as headaches, fatigue, etc. And my mom discussed with Steven Buner when she went to stay with his family in New Mexico that she helped invent the Formula One herbal spray, which I now use and many of the other patients use as well. And that's really what happened. How the entire journey was very long. It 
took um, extremely long time. Most people don't understand that because they think it's so short how I describe it, but it took about eight years for me to completely recover. And I'm still recovering from physical trauma as well at this, at this moment. Well, yeah, you've had physical and, uh, you know, emotional trauma. And when you go through that much pain, it's, it's pretty stressful. And I know too, I mean, you, you talked about the, the, the Lyme and that your mom and dad both had it. And uh, I will link to the interviews that I've done with Dr. Jody DeShore, who is actually Brian's mother, on the page for today's show notes, again, at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash Brian. But um, I know that uh, you were tested as a child 10 times for mold and they are, I'm sorry, for Lyme, and all of those tests came up negative. So your mom knew that she had Lyme and Lyme for those listening, and that's why it's important to listen to that. The other interview I've done and these comorbid infections I talked about uh, earlier in the show as well, they're so important to make sure that you are clearing because they can mimic the signs of autism, they can really affect the neurological system and the brain's ability to function. So you're talking about uh, and and all the digestive disorders and the sleep issues and the mental fog and the speech delay and the sensory overload. These these are all can all be due to some Lyme and mold and are very common and it's commonly missed. And then most of these things are antibiotic resistant. So it's important that you know you know how to work with them um, properly. And and I um, I'm grateful to your mother Brian because she has allowed my members in my uh, mentor program to be able to utilize um, the herbal formulas that we'll, we can we can talk a little bit about because I know that you said that a lot of these antibiotics were harsh they had negative side effects and you know you don't necessarily want to have to be doing any of that as well but that you're able to detect that it was Lyme at some point and in Lyme is uh, transferred in utero from a mother to a baby. Uh, so it's very important for moms to know if you think that you might have Lyme's disease that you can transfer that to your um, to the to the baby in utero. And so Brian, you basically were born with that, um, but you weren't really um, diagnosed clearly until 18 months. Uh, and I know your mom said that the, the DTAP shot was kind of a trigger there for you with that. And so if a, if, if a system is already weak or has susceptibilities and then an uh, environmental trigger that's strong, uh, you know, such as the one that you had comes in and it can trigger the system can't take anymore. And so that's where a lot of this can come from. And it, we should definitely uh, talk a little bit more just about the slight background in um, your, your Lyme and the mold as well. Uh, we're going to take a short break right here, but when we come back, um, I'll have Brian share uh, his, his um, you know, your side of it, how, it, how it felt to have those things going on and what it was like for you. So you're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas. Please stay with us. Hi there, and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas, and today we're talking with Brian DeShore, who is now 17 years old and as a child was diagnosed with autism. Today, he has recovered from those symptoms of autism and his autism was caused by Lyme and mold so we're talking uh, Brian you were just talking and sharing about how you know you had spent time in a wheelchair because some of the the Bartonella for those listening uh, is uh, one of the the bugs of Lyme's disease and it can be very very uh, 
dangerous in your body. It was eating away your pelvis. You ended up in a wheelchair. But you, fig- you your, your mom was able to figure it out. You ended up uh, getting diagnosed with some Lyme and mold. So um, mold is also very, very common and can really mess with the brain and the neurological system. So how were you, how were you feeling? I mean, if physically and emotionally and, you know, how was it to be that, that, that child? What, you know, um, what was it like when you ate? Did you have any, um, digestive issues? Did you have any headaches? Did you ever have any of those sensations or what, what was it like for you? So really what happened in the emotional aspect is that when I was first discovered, I was really shocked and I really did not know what was happening. So I just listened to whatever they were saying because I really had nothing else to do. However, school was a whole different life for me. And this is elementary school where kids are growing up, they're making new friends. However, I was traveling a lot. I was absent from school and I was just trying to get by. So I really did not have that opportunity back then. And this made me feel very isolated and pretty much become a loner in sorts. The only real friends I had during my elementary and middle school times were only two friends. And they still are friends to me to this day. However, this was, it was not a happy childhood for me. Basically, whenever I ate, and eating was fine. However, since my gut was not that great, it sometimes wouldn't get digested and it sometimes wouldn't feel good for me. I did get stomach aches often if I took my antibiotics at the wrong time and it started to hurt a lot. So these types of herbal formulas and medicine start to make me very weak. And in addition to my lack of brain power because of the diseases, I was failing a lot in school, mainly on standardized testing, not really in the class. Whenever I was in the class, however, I could learn concepts perfectly fine. But whenever it came to applying them on tests, I just choked. I could not figure it out, and I was extremely flustered. However, most most parents don't know about this. In third grade, we applied for a 504 plan, which gave me some extra accommodations that allowed me to participate a lot better in school. And these accommodations really saved me because my grades started going up and up. And I was happy with a B at that time. If I got a B, if I got an A, Heck, even if I got a C on one test, I really didn't care. As long as I was learning, as long as I was doing everything right. But these accommodations did cause a fair bit of jealousy because they didn't really know what I was going through. The first time that really happened was in second grade when I had motor tics and vocal tics. And this involved a ton of head shaking, a ton of uncontrolled voice movements. So most of the kids were like, why are you doing that? It's so weird. And I couldn't control it. So it got to the point where we had to bring the guidance counselor into my class. And she had to explain that these tics are just like hiccups. You can't really control them. It's not my fault that they're happening. And eventually they calmed down because they saw the guidance counselor talk about it. They know it's serious. So moving back to the disability, the the accommodations, people did get jealous about it. And I was bullied often in school. Mainly, I remember this one time, we, I was on the playground one time, and I decided to join my fr- a few people in tag. And I thought they were my friends, they were really not. So I was very limited in range of motion and couldn't really run that well. So I tried running, my legs were in pain, and it was not fun. I came back home, I was crying, flustered, didn't want to go back to school. And in the end, they saw the guidance counselor and they started becoming more nice to me, or some of them actually didn't really like me and interact with me that much but that was really it in that sort of thing however 
as I started to get better, I started to learn a lot more about myself and my brain started clearing up. And once my brain started clearing up about freshman year of high school, I was gone. My knowledge was exploded. It started skyrocketing and I knew everything. I knew math, science, um, literature and history to an extent. I'm not really that good at history. So I started getting B's and A's, mostly A's and A pluses in my class in high school. And I was very overjoyed just to get it, just to see that A on the test, because unlike most kids, I don't really worry too much about grades. However, I do focus a lot on my academics when I do need to. I'm just very happy that it's the summer now and I could finally relax after a very hardworking junior year. But and I know you're putting a lot into, because you're going for a career in medicine. So yeah, you've been shooting in for yeah. those SATs now and really putting a lot of effort out. So it's amazing that you've come that far. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just wanted to, to kind of put that out there. I know how hard you are working and that after, you know, it, it's an inspirational for parents to hear that you had, you know, you had trouble. You needed a 504 plan. You couldn't think clearly. And then all of as your body began to heal and recover, basically, your brain also did as the inflammation in your brain went down, the toxins went down. Now, you're a freshman in high school, you're getting B's and A's and, and at that point, and now you are going into your senior year and you're looking at a future as a medical doctor. I mean, yeah. think of that transformation. That's amazing. You know, I mean, that's got to make you... I mean, so what was it that really turned a corner for you where all of a sudden you found out you figured was it just the the years on the the herbal met the herbal met um formulas and things like that that all of a sudden you your body started to recover I mean just all of the healing process I know you had the the diet and the other things in place as well but maybe give us a little background on what what was it that got you so much better Well I would say it was again the combination of herbal and conventional most people don't know that herbal medicines work they work, but you need some conventional medicines to get rid of some of the other diseases. But after all of the Lyme disease escapades, we switched to an SCD diet. It used to be very restrictive where I could only eat cooked vegetables, barely any spices, and pretty much it wasn't bland, but my mom tried to make it as best as she could, but it wasn't bland. It tasted good, but it was very simple food. However, as the years passed and my gut started getting better, I became a lot more tolerant to food. And now I can basically eat out with a gluten-free diet. And I can eat out at restaurants as long as, the, as, long as there's not too many um, spices. And there is a very simple dish available for me. But at home, I really eat a lot of flavored, flavorful foods, just like my mom makes. She cooks a lot, and I'm very thankful for that. And yeah, the diet was very complicated. It involves a lot of organic food. And that's really about it. Right. Yeah, well, it's important to eat organically because the pesticides in foods and glyphosate and various things that are putting on our foods today um, can cause uh, some regression and, and some problems if, if your system has uh, toxins or if it just has susceptibilities for detoxification. Um, we're going to take a short break right here. You're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism. Stay with us. 
Hi there. Welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas, and thank you so much for being here today. Uh, today's episode, we are talking with Brian DeShore, who is now 17 years old, but at 18 months old, he was diagnosed with autism. And now that he, he's sharing with us the transformation of his recovery, and it was due largely to Lyme and mold. And these are very important co-infections for you as a parent to know about. And um, I will link to everything in today's show notes again at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash Brian so that you can get uh, more resources on these things further. But Brian, can you give us a little bit more information about, um, you were talking about high school and the transformation from you know, going from a student who had trouble even doing tests to all of a sudden, at some point as a freshman in high school, you're getting A's and B's. So what was going on there for you? What happened? So as I said before, as the molds start clearing out and my Lyme is gone, my brain was free. It was free from all of this cloudiness. That's what I would call it. And my brain finally reached the potential my teachers were talking about for so many years. I, prob- I think I still have a lot more potential to go, but my brain suddenly exploded and I could learn concepts really fast. I was not sure how, I was not sure why, but I could just learn as much as I possibly could. Whenever I was in class, whenever some people would goof off, I just sit there, listen to the notes, know everything down. And then when I'm at home, I usually do like a two hour study session every day just to make sure I understand what I actually learned. But when it came to the test, as I said before, they weren't that good in my second grade, but when I'm in high school, I did extremely well on these tests. I knew what I was doing. It just came to me and it just happened. I'm very grateful for that. And the real, the real big thing here is that I just completely exploded with intelligence. I sound like, may sound like a broken record here, but it just happened. It happened for no reason. And The other transformation that happened in high school is that since I'm in a different high school than most of the kids in my town, I go to a specialized magnet high schools for medicine. That's how I know all this stuff. I made a lot more friends who actually do have the same interest, not the same background necessarily, but really the same interest in medicine and how the body works. And I could actually talk with them about real fun biology and chemistry, anatomy. Some of you may not like that stuff, but Others may like it a lot, and the real impetus for me becoming an immunologist or wanting to become one is because of all of this suffering that I've had. I don't want people to have the same thing that I have suffered for about eight years, and I just want people to become better. Now, with social interactions, I was very introverted before, but as the years grew along, I started to learn more social skills. I mean, my mom tried to teach me by giving me books on social skills and how to talk to people, but I just did not have the tools necessary to do so. As middle school and high school started to come around, though, I probably because of the bigger class body, I was just able to find more and more people to talk to where we had similar interests. We liked to talk to each other, and I just had a lot of fun just hanging around in school. Now, at home, it was a different story. I'm more on the inside I'm more the stay-at-home kind of guy who just um, does work at home, plays computer games, that sort of thing. I am active, but I do play a lot of computer games. So I really talked a lot with online communities as well, and that was something that I could really expand. And I do talk a lot with them most of the time every day. 
and it's really fun from having pretty much no friends or only like two friends to having pretty about a hundred friends now that I could just talk to whenever I want to. Now there's one striking moment that really happened during my high school years. And that was the biology, biology Olympiad. And for those of you who don't know, it's a nationwide test that is administered every year. And it starts at a participant level where everybody c competes. And then there's the semifinalists where there are 500 people from the nation who are selected. And fortunately, I was one of them from freshman year. And most people who take this test are sophomores, juniors, even seniors. And some of them don't even get into the semifinals. But I'm just a fresh, I'm just a little freshman. I'm like, huh, biology Olympiad, let's try it out. I studied for about six months and I got semifinalists. So that was a pretty big achievement for me, probably the only freshman in my school to actually get semifinalists. And the next year I participated in the oncology Olympiad where I wasn't really a big man, a big person who really studied oncology. I want to study immunology and they kind of go hand in hand. However, I did study the material for the Olympiad and I did win first place in one of the events there along with my team. And I also did qualify for it. So that was awesome. That was awesome. I finally, I got some recognition, accolades and all of that really fun stuff. But nowadays I just spread my knowledge around and I just like chilling and relaxing at home and also studying for my test. Wow. That is amazing. Really. I mean, congratulations to you, by the way, for making those accomplishments. I mean, that's huge. And it'll definitely help you, um, you know, with, you know, applying to colleges and then eventually getting into medical school. It's, and and it, it is, it's, it's really inspirational, Brian, to hear that you had gone from a child who had so much struggles in academically even, and, and then it wasn't, uh, it wasn't that you had a low IQ. You just couldn't think clearly because you had this mold and these, basically these infections in your body and it that were affecting your brain and its ability to function. And, um, and then you said to your, at some point your intelligence exploded and that you became social. Uh, was it because you, you felt more clear thought that you were able to be more social? And then also I'm curious about how fast that, it, and you said the intelligence all of a sudden exploded. You just all of a sudden got to some time period of months or a year in your life where you just found that you were just able to think clearly. Is, is that, is that accurate? So with the social, so the thing is, I had all of the tools. I had all the tools already. I just did not know I had them. And that was because of all the other stuff surrounding my brain. Once that stuff was gone, all the tools just clicked into action. It, I'm not sure if it was just the environment around me or something, like the new school or the student body was really small. And my middle school was very big, and I was still pretty smart there, but I got smarter in high school. But I'm, I'm just not sure if it was the environment. The thing is, I had all the tools. I got rid of everything. The tools just came to life, and I learned everything. It really just happened. And it wasn't really an instant, but it really happened over the course of like a week or two. For me, wow. that is. Yeah, I think there's a certain point where um, sometimes the neurons in the brain and, and things, you know, once the toxins and the inflammation reduce enough and the body can just restore itself, get back to balance naturally. It's, I think that's really what we're doing is helping the body 
um, get back to its natural homeostasis, its natural state where um, it doesn't have all of those things in the way. I mean, my, my own son, I, when I took him to therapies at one point, would say, Mom, I want to, but I can't. These were social therapies. And I finally realized after a period of time, I was spending a lot of money on things that weren't working. And, I, and we, we said, you know, this was hurting his self-esteem. So we just pulled him out of those therapies. And then I worked with his biology, just like you're talking about, these, these four stages I call now. And he never needed to go back to any of those therapies. So it, in, in the long run, luckily, it saved us a lot of money that we would have spent on things that weren't working. So uh, we're going to take a very short break right here. You're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism, and I'm your host, Karen Thomas. Please stay with us. Hi there, and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas, and today we're talking with Brian DeShore, who has recovered from his symptoms of autism that were caused by Lyme and mold. And uh, if you've been listening, hopefully you've you've uh, you've heard how his transformation from being a child in a wheelchair to growing up uh, having trouble struggling in school, and then by the time that uh, he was able to get through part of his uh, large part of his recovery process, and his his uh, his body was able to be healed up, and his biology uh, recovering from the infections that he had, were he was able to then start getting A's and B's. He has a promising career, uh, a future in medicine. And um, Brian, I'm sure it's very important, you know, you, you became, all of a sudden you said your your brain would work and you could get A's and B's. And then you became more social and just more outward, probably, be, I imagine too, because you felt better. So let's talk about some of the strategies and things that uh, I know that your mom was using. We use a lot of the same things. I use the same thing in my program. And I, I'm sure that the uh, our listeners are really wanting to know, okay, so kind of just give us a, a, uh, an example of what, what you did and then what you do now that kind of cleared some of these infections. Okay. So what really started was the high-dose antibiotics, such as minocycline, rifampin, augmentin, nephron. Now, the thing you really want to know before you start treating at all, take pills. You just need to take pills because I tried a liquid form of something one time without any dyes, without anything. I vomited, I threw up, and I had a really bad IBS flare. So you definitely need to know how to take pills. And I can usually take about seven pills in a sitting, maybe more. I don't know. It's just my throat has got really used to it, and that's really what happened. However, these high-dose antibiotics really killed the majority of most of the infections and then we had to combine them with herbals as well these were strong extremely strong and they caused herxheimer's reactions which if you don't know these are just symptoms that happen as a result of the the huge die off of disease it's like a fever except it causes it it's a lot more than a fever it can cause pain it can cause fatigue dizziness or maybe you could you just don't feel right it may amplify the symptoms of your it may amplify symptoms without even without even actually having symptoms if Let me jump in really quick here, Brian, I'm, I'm, because you're saying take pills, and I'm I'm thinking you're talking about uh, binders and, and natural support for uh, for detoxification that can help stop up some of the toxins. Is that kind of what you're doing, talking about too, or, or taking or something that can help this die off reaction um, to to minimize because you've got some uh, some binding agents that that'll help you? Is, or when, is that what you're talking about here? Uh, that is one thing, but the real, really what I'm saying about the take pills mentality is that um, if there is a medicine offered in liquid form, I mean, 
you don't want to take everything in a liquid. You, you do need pills because most medicines nowadays are offered in pill form. And whenever they're in liquid form, it takes a very long time to compound them. And it just is not a good idea to do so because you do need to learn it eventually. It's easier on you as well. It's easier on you. But the liquid forms, though, don't require digestion from the stomach. A lot of them are, depending on what it is, are absorbed in the mouth. So they, depending, it kind of can vary depending on what you're taking and um, right. what the, what's the body process. Because if the gut's not working well, sometimes the, those pills won't work as well too. Um, so I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, that is, that is indeed true. Some medicines are better in liquid form, but not all medicines are best in liquid form. That's all I'm trying to say here. But I'm just going to move on a little bit to what herbs I had to take. So some of the herbs I had to take are cat's claw, kudzu, thymia, um, and a lot more. And I made this, and there is this herbal cocktail that's really made. I take it every day up to this day as well. I also have morning supplements. And I do take hormones to, such as thyroid hormones, because to help out with my metabolism. And that's really all I do today. I also take vitamin patches, such as vitamin D, vitamin K, vitamin C. I just put them on my back because that's the easiest place to put them for me. Additionally, with my rehab, I have multiple chiropractic appointments as well as physical therapy appointments to gain, regain the mobility in my pelvis because it was really broken and destroyed by the Bartonella. So we're trying to repair that damage. Now, the key player with the mold is the nasal spray. Now, I, when I first had it, it was a lot, and I had to take Wellcole two times, sometimes four times a day, actually, and that slowly decreased to the BEG spray, BEV spray. However, the BEV spray did not work. So the main thing that my mom created was her formula, proprietary formula one. And this is an herbal spray, meaning that it can be used as much as you want it to. And it has to be used on an interval such as four times a day for me. And that's really the amount I do use the herbal spray for. With the mold as well, my growth was extremely stunted. So right now I'm about 5'2", and I'm 17 years of age. So that's a little short in terms of average height. And my weight currently is about 100 pounds. So I gained that thanks to the diet and all the medicines I had to take. Now with the mold, I usually use the nasal spray as well as the VIP nasal spray to further reduce the inflammation within my brain that was caused by the mold. Now the inflammation does still persist even after the mold is gone because inflammation is an immune response, not really a sort, not really something that comes with the mold. And we have to get that down. And VIP does exactly that. The BG, the sorry, the Formula One gets rid of all the marcons, the antibiotic resistant bacteria in my nasal cavities or throughout my body in that sort of sense. Now, I also have IBS, which is irritable bowel syndrome. It's just uncontrolled. Sometimes whenever there's some cause such as stress or exhaustion or fatigue, you get IBS, which means that your bowel movements occur a lot more frequently and, that's, and it's uncontrollable. It can't really be stopped. So, well, it can stop, it just goes away after a long time. So the real thing I do whenever I do have an IBS flare is I take this medicine called IV Guard. It's really just peppermint oil in a capsule that releases inside the stomach instead of sublingually where it dissolves into the blood vessels there. But IV Guard really does help as well as binders such as rice or rice, mainly yogurt, that sort of thing. These are all binding substances that 
allow my stools to be properly formed. And that's really the pronged approach that I really had to take with all of these disease because there are so many of them. And after a while, these herbals started to wear down. The antibiotics are gone now because we no longer have a use for them at all, unless I have some bacteria that just pops up out of nowhere. So that's about it. And it's good. I'm sure you've, um, with all of the antibiotic use, probably had to really re- regrow the uh, good bacteria in your system as well, because they they also uh, tend to get rid of all of the, the good bacteria that we have in our body. They're not discriminatory. So, um, yeah, it's kind of a rebuilding process afterwards. And then you just get to, to the maintenance like you're on now, which sounds like what you're doing. You kind of have uh, gotten past that stage. So, you know, your body can do a lot of things on its own without a lot of the, the, the supplements. And then and there's certain supplements that, that uh, like the NSB, the nasal spray, as far as we have exposure to mold in our lives, no matter where we are, even if we try to avoid it because we go into public buildings. But uh, I'll link to some information on that um, for our listeners as well on the, on the show notes page. We're going to take a short break right here. Stay with us. Hi there, and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I am your host, Karen Thomas, and thank you for being here today. We have been talking with Brian DeShore, who is now 17 years old, but at age 18 months was diagnosed with autism. And over the years, it was found that it was largely caused due to Lyme and mold. And these are very common co-infections that our kids deal with. They say that close to 100% of kids with autism have the Lyme illness and mold is very, very common as well. And we have mold exposure in, in our lives, basically, regardless of how well we try to do, you try to clear your home. Uh, sometimes you can't see it. You don't know it's there. But then their schools are old and you go into public restrooms and public buildings. So there's exposure. So these things are really important to know about. Um, and I have linked to my free workshop where I walk through the four stages and give you more information on this on this page with the show notes for today's show, which will be at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash Brian. And also I have linked to Brian's resources on that page as well. Um, So um, he's got a Facebook page, a website, and he is helping uh, other people now. Brian, do you want to share a little bit about what you do with your website and how you're helping other people with what your uh, your journey has brought you? Yes, of course. So, my website is teenlimehub.com, and this is a place mainly for adolescents and kids who are really going through the stages of Lyme disease, similar to like I had. And I really suffered through this mainly alone because I was one of the first to actually have awareness to this issue. However, many more people sadly are experiencing the same symptoms, and I want to connect everybody together. I want them to feel that they're not alone anymore. And that's really how I want to perpetuate my existence because I want people to know that they have someone, they have someone else they can talk to if they're having problems in school or if they're having a pro- trouble with their medicines or something like that. So Teen Lime Hub is a website dedicated to, for that aspect. Now Teen Lime Hub also has a YouTube channel that you could look up and I'm also producing more videos during the summer. I didn't really have much time in school because of testing, junior year, et cetera, et cetera. But this website has this YouTube channel with videos on how to do nasal sprays, how to reconstitute a shot, how to, and how to 
work with patches, et cetera, et cetera. Now, this Facebook group is the main foundation of Teen Lime Hub because it's the place where people can chat and talk and they could really get open up and talk to other people that have the same diseases as they do. And it, the real thing I want to emphasize here is connection, connecting people together with the same com the common illness, the common ground where you don't get bullied, you don't get, um, you don't get prejudiced because you have a disability. And sadly, most schools actually do have bullies because kids are disabled. Now this place is a sanctuary to them. And that's really what I like about the online world, basically. So that's my website, teenlimehub.com. Feel free to visit it anytime and feel free to join the group. Right. Thank you so much, Brian. And I, I think it's wonderful what you're doing, you know, wanting to help other people um, so that they don't have to suffer and then helping them so that they don't feel alone, because that's a big one for our kids. And um, again, if, if uh, for our listeners, please, if you know others who could benefit from this information, you can share the page naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash Brian. And that's where you'll find today's show notes. And I've linked to Brian's website website, his Facebook page, and I've got some of his YouTube videos already on that page for you, so you can get all of his resources there as well. Thank you again, Brian, for being here with us today, and I really appreciate what you're doing, uh, um, and congratulations on everything that you have for your future. It's looking pretty bright. I'm pretty excited to to watch you uh, turn into that, that doctor and, and, and spend the rest of your life helping other people, so thanks for being here again. I appreciate it. Thanks for the opportunity. I was, it was great to be here. All right. Thank you for being here with us today. Uh, you're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas, and please come back next week. We have more great information and, and resources for you each week with experts in various fields rec to help you on your recovery process with your child to help you with their symptoms to autism recovery. And uh, have a great